You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Great evening, Drawing Board Nation. This is the host, the founder, and guess what? Today's my birthday. <laughs> this is the birthday edition of the Drawing Board Podcast. Today I turn 37, and like I always promise you, when we, we interact and we share every single week, I bring the most phenomenal guests with you in mind. People who have awesome, great stories, testimonies, and their life is proof positive of the principles that they espouse on the show. And tonight is no different. I have Sierra Say, the owner and the founder of Dropout Media. <laughs> and so tonight we're going to be talking about a lot of awesome things. But welcome to the show, C. Thank you. I am honored and happy to be here. I love this entire setup. I'm excited. I haven't done a podcast in a long time. And I've never done an in-person one. They're they're normally like Zoom or something like that. Okay, well, listen, the drawing board is a place where we examine our lives and we yeah. reimagine the possibilities. So there are a lot of firsts for a lot of people, and we are glad to have you here. Now, I have to share with the audience, listen, I had the opportunity uh, before meeting you, mm -hmm. uh, I came to uh, Robert Courtney, Robert Unique Courtney's event, yep. and you were there as, on the, as a panelist. Yeah. And so you were sharing. I was intrigued with your story. Um, I love that you were, you know, my whole thing is being passionate and competent. Yeah. And so then I dare, I said, well, I got to get in touch with her to see what's going on. And not knowing uh, me from Adam, uh, you were willing to sit down and talk to me about a venture that I have coming. It, it's coming. I can't tell you about it yet, but it is coming. Right. So let's go ahead and start from the, from the beginning. Who is Miss Sierra Say? Oh, wow. Um, the the short version is that I'm a regular girl from the west side of Detroit who just refuses to give up. Like that's 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 who I am at at the core. Um, outside of that, I'm a mother, a sister, a friend. I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, um, and a creative who who's been blessed to be able to create and help some of the world's top coaches and consultants do amazing things. Awesome. Awesome. So that was a mouthful, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, one would say uh, with all of the ventures that you have going and really when I think of you, uh, what comes to mind for me is like high performance professional, right? And, you know, although, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, I think of like if you're going to engage C, uh, I affectionately call her C. So yeah, you know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. do. It's, so, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you have to have, even though if you don't have all your ducks in a row, mm -hmm. you have to have some type of framework or structure if they're going to approach you, because I just believe and I've seen that that's the level that you engage on. So right. uh, there does come a point in everyone's career that I believe is that when you are trying to get something off the ground, uh, you engage with people who are working on, on that level, right? Mm -hmm. And then there comes another point where, and it's really just defining like your avatar, knowing your customer, right? Right. And then when I look at you, I'm like, oh, yeah, see, she deal with the top-notch, high-performance high professional that's going to take your existing framework and help you revamp it for optimal performance, right? 
Yes. So talk to me about it, C. Like, how did you get into this? How did this story start? Like, I heard you say you're from the West Side. I felt my audience <laughs> join in. I felt somebody throw the dub up. But, yeah. Yeah, so tell me. Um, how did this start? Oof. Young lady from the West Side, uh, where do you get that don't quit attitude? Like, that you just refuse to give up. Where does that come from? That comes from my mom. I mean, I... I tell people all the time, like I watched my, my mom passed when I was 24. So I only had her for 24 years. But within that span of 24 years, I learned like I learned how to hustle. I learned how to take care of myself and I learned how to literally not give up until I got to where I wanted to be or got something I was going for. Um, that's where that came from. I've always been very ambitious, very like not cookie cutter like you know everybody over there i'm trying to see what's over there okay. i've never been i don't i've never been just like the average oh i just want a nine to five now i i did that for some time but it you know i had to but once i got the chance to break loose i broke loose so listen there's somebody watching you right now right and they hear of all the victory and of what you've done but that break loose moment mm-hmm. uh like prepare me talk to me about like how did you have the courage? What was the process? How did you break loose? So my break loose moment was it was planned, but it wasn't planned. So originally I planned to break loose 2019, 2020. I worked at Chrysler, um, Warren Truck Assembly Plant, a mile a mile for five years as a team leader, not doing much work, getting paid a, a good wage. You know, people from Detroit know that's not a job that you quit, especially once you become in a leadership position. Right. Um, but I had to make a decision to either continue to give them 60 to 70 hours of my time or to see my children for twice a week. Um, and I made the decision to to break loose. So, like I said, I, I plan to leave 2019, 2020. The, the um, plant that I was at moved their product to a different location, and it, it literally just wouldn't have worked with my schedule. Like, if I would have went to the other plant, I would have only been seeing my kids, like, one or two times a week, and I wasn't willing to do that anymore. Now, before... I made the decision to break loose. I was actively doing what I'm doing now. So I had already started to, you know, get clients. I already started to figure out how I was going to leave. I knew after working there for eight months that I didn't want to work there for 30 years. Okay. So initially when I first got there, I'm like, okay, I can't do this for 20 years, but if I'm here, I'm going to make the best of it. So my first eight months, I made a decision to try to get off the line, which is what I did by becoming a team leader. After that, I worked that position and I did get sucked into it for a while and I I forgot about the dream and the other goals. And then I got hurt. And when I sat down and I realized there's, you know, I started reading again. I started researching again. And I'm like, I start basically I reawakened, if that makes any sense, what was already inside me. Because when you work somewhere like that, you can get stuck in the mundaneness, um, I honestly think it's a trap because you're so tired. You do nothing but go to work, sleep, go home. You, so I, I have friends who still work there. And they literally say they don't even have time to make the money they spend because they're always tired. Right. So, so, but let's unpack that because yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you had in mind because you said when I was working there for eight months, I knew I didn't want to be there for twenty years. Absolutely. And you started developing your exit strategy, mm-hmm. right? And even in the midst of your exit strategy, part of your strategy was to move up the ranks Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can reduce the amount of manual labor and still was cultivating that personal development on your way out. Yeah. Right. But, you know, there are a lot of people who they when they don't want to be somewhere, 
they take on you can sense they get this attitude yeah. that I don't want to be there and it stifles their growth within that particular organization. So how are you able to keep like a positive attitude even though you knew you didn't want to be there? Uh, so one thing my mom taught me was she used to always tell me, I don't care what you're doing. Whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, whatever mm-hmm. you, you know, put your hand at, like be the best at it. I don't care if you're working at McDonald's. I don't care if you whatever. If you're going to do it, right. bare minimum. Be the best at it, even if you don't like it. And I've always had this thing where it's like, like I want to be one of the best, no mm. matter what it is. I My first job, I was 12 years old. I was a caddy at a private golf course. My first year, I was terrible. Okay. Like, terrible. Now, hold on. We got to ask. A, B, or C, caddy? No, I was like the lowest. Oh, okay. So, like right. the, so normally, you move up within the summer. Right. I started the summer as a trainee and ended as a trainee. But I was like... My mom was trying to teach me responsibility. So I'm like, okay, if I'm a caddy, I have to learn, like, how do I be one of the best? That's when I started picking up golf books, golf magazines. Like, okay, let me – I started watching the the master caddies. That's what they call the top tier and what they were doing. Like, okay, how are they walking faster than their players? How are they able to tell their players what to do? Like, what what are they doing that I'm not doing? So I started to study. The next year, I moved up twice in one summer, which was unheard of. And by the third year, I was a master caddy. So that's kind of where I got that from. It's like, I don't care what I'm, even if I don't like it, I'm not about to be the the last on the totem pole. Like, you're not about to beat me, even if I don't like what I'm doing. Same thing when I worked at McDonald's. Same thing when I, where else did I work that I hated? (laughs) Buffalo (laughs) Wild Wings. Like, I, and this is, I've had a lot of jobs, but I never let anybody see me sweat. Like if whether I don't care what it is, you're not about to be better than me at it. It's just not going to happen. You right. may start off better than me, but by the time I leave, we're going to be neck and neck or I'm going to be past you. Right. So you said no matter what industry you were in, you were going to dominate that. industry. Absolutely. All right. That's awesome. So you go from starting, you knew eight months in, you didn't want to be there 20 years, yep. no matter different jobs that you've had. You dominate the industry. You're working on now. How does dropout media form in the midst of you? Like in the midst of you, yeah. <laughs> like dominating this industry, leading. You're you're procuring. You're acquiring clients on the side. So you're working sixty, seventy hours. Mm-hmm. You're being a mom, and now you have uh, this business you're building and two kids and two kids, <laughs> right? So dropout media was formed from. My first baby, which was an actual podcast called the College Dropout Podcast. So okay. I, I dropped out of college, dropped out of Michigan State. And it was something that for a while I was ashamed of. But like now I wear it like it's a tattoo. So the College Dropout Podcast was a podcast where I interviewed successful people who didn't have a degree. Mm. For one, I was trying to learn as well as as well as get the information out to other people because I felt like there was a stigma around college dropouts. And I knew a lot of people who, like, legit would say, oh, I got to go back to school to get this degree because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you don't. So that that's how Dropout Media was formed once I created the podcast. Um, when I got my first client, I had to, you know, go open up a business bank account and all this other stuff, do all the legal stuff. And I sat down and my friend was like, what are you going to name the company? And I was like, Dropout Media. So everything... Even now, as I'm creating more things and more ventures, it all goes back to that first podcast and that first experience 
and really breaking out of my shell as being a proud college dropout. And now, even with dropout media, like, it's not just about dropping out of college. Like, people need to drop out of bad habits. People need to drop out of bad relationships, bad negative thoughts. Like, there's a lot of things that people just need to let go of to really break free and become who they were created to be. Absolutely. This is uh, an on-time message for those going into 2020. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely a great message. So for those of you that are watching, there are some things you need to drop out of, right? (laughs) Yeah. Now, listen, I know it's, as you all may say, it's cuffing season, right? Or you need to be booed up. (laughs) But you might need to drop out of that relationship because it's hindering your performance as a person. Uh, You might be at a job. I'm not telling you to leave your job, so don't. Don't say, uh, you know, Ibrahim no, said, don't just leave. leave. Don't just leave. <laughs> you have to have a plan. So make sure uh, that you get in touch with C. C, what's your handles? Where can they find you at? Um, Everything is Sierra Say. So C-I-E-R-R-A-S-E-A-Y. That's Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook. Everything is my name. If you think you're ready for a consultation, then you go to dropoutmedia.org. Okay. So I would suggest that you engage with her on those outlets first. And then if you believe that you're really serious about moving forward uh, with becoming who God has called you to be or working on your product and getting it to the place that you believe that people are ready to engage in it, add some value to their life, then you need to contact her. Now, see, you have this. Uh, I'm in love with your story, right? Yeah, you yeah. are. A lot, and a lot of people don't know it yet. Yeah. That's the weird part. And so, like, so, I, so I'm, being, I'm being mindful of certain things that, like, I, I love the— like dominate no matter what industry you're a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like the ABCs that we we teach uh, our kids or that they, they teach within schools is attitude, behavior, conduct, right? Mm. So when you're looking at no matter where you are, maintain the right behavior, maintain the right attitude first, and then your conduct will follow, right? right. And then you're like, okay, listen, uh, for a while I failed, but what's the use of failing if you're not going to learn from it, right? So, I, right. like, your caddy story is so powerful. So, I was a caddy for a minute, you mm-hmm. know, and I just, I was I was cool on those hot summers. I was like, <laughs> I can actually go, let me try to find a department store, you know. Uh, but looking at that, right, and then, like, having the courage and audacity because you take people who may have the same demos and, you know, two kids working, like, mm-hmm. it's easy to get stuck in that, especially when the money is good, right? Right. But when it's unfulfilling to your purpose or who you felt like you're called to be, like, you got to still have the courage to just, like, take that step of faith, right? Yes. And so uh, I was having a conversation with um, one of my buddies, and I said, sometimes it's a leap of faith. Yeah. It is, you know. It is. And sometimes it's a step of faith, you know, like, <laughs> you, you ha- and there's a difference, right? And neither one is greater than the other because it requires action. Mm-hmm. But some people are ready to take that leap and like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm out of the workforce, shoom, you know, and I'm starting straight entrepreneurship. I can build my whole finances based upon my skill set right. and the plan I have. And there are some people who, while working a job, are taking steps of faith so they get to the point where they can leave. Which is what I highly suggest. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Like, so now while you had a podcast, you mm-hmm. know, where you were interviewing successful people and just like giving them like giving the listeners some core principles, you were acquiring this knowledge. Right. Yeah. Success leaves clues. And you were getting all these clues and learning and taking it in. And then it was a progression. Yeah, it it was a progression, but I still feel like I was forced because I could have easily been like, oh, well, 
my kids can stay with my dad during the week and then I could just see them. Cause I know a lot of people who did that. Like I, I still know a lot of people who only see their kids a minimum amount of time because they have to work. And it's, I just wasn't willing to do that. I wouldn't have felt right as a parent and my kids are at the age now to where they, it would have been too much. They would have noticed it too much. Like if they were small, right. I'm not going to lie. I probably would have done it because when kids are smaller, it's just not that big of a deal, but they are at an age where it's like, they want to be home. They want to be with me. And I just wasn't willing to do it anymore. So um, when you're when you're forced, in, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. I will say this. If, if you know you don't want to do what you're doing now, then you should actively take steps to, to create an exit plan. But you still don't know what's going to happen while you're creating an exit plan. Like, I know people who've quit on a whim. Who didn't have money saved? I know people who quit and they did have money saved. Right. So it it really just depends on the situation. But I I was definitely I feel like I was definitely pushed. Forced, pushed yeah, like too. I feel like God honestly just took the rug from my butt because the job was was that comfortable though. Like literally, I was taking home anywhere from a thousand dollars to eleven hundred dollars a week after taxes. You know, they pay for your insurance. Is and like I said, I was a team leader, so I wasn't doing that much work. But when I look at it now. I was working 12, 13, 14, working every weekend. And it's it's like now it makes no sense compared to what I'm doing now. Right. So, but that also takes a mindset shift. So many of us are stuck in an employee mindset. We just can't fathom or it just doesn't make sense to us because we're so used to trading hours for dollars. Right. And when you learn how to... um. When you learn how to trade, I don't even want to use the word trade. When you learn how to monetize, like, your knowledge, your gifts, your skills, start using the things that you were given by God, it's a whole different, whole different ballgame. So how do we shift mindsets? Or is that something that they need to consult? Uh, no, no, don't, no okay. don't consult me on that one. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the, so the shift of mindset, it, it's really a belief thing. Okay. Because it's still... It still took me a while to actually shift. And it I've, I've noticed that it started with actually believing that you're worth what you want to charge as well as the amount of value that you're really giving. So obviously when you first start, you're like, okay, I don't know if what I'm doing is really helping this person. But when everybody you work with keeps saying, I didn't know that or this is working, then you know you got something. It's different if you're work, if you're doing providing a service or a product and people not – like, ah, that was all right, or they not give you any feedback on it. But if you're constantly getting feedback, if you're if people are constantly telling you that you're doing a great job, if you see the results, then you have to believe that you're worth what you want to charge. Like okay. it took me a while though. Like it legit took me it took me a while. I would probably say August is when the when I hired a coach. That's that's when everything shifted for me. Every he I knew I was undercharging people, but I was so scared that oh well if I if I tell them this amount they gonna run off right right so, so it's it's really a mindset shift it's a you you got to get in the habit of praying then you have to really believe that what you're doing is a value uh, that's awesome so the question I would ask my audience listening to this is uh, do you have a plan for personal development me. No, I'm not oh. saying like asking. No, I, I know I you say, do. Yeah. So yeah, we're going we're going into that. But yeah. like the question for those that are listening is, do you have a plan for personal development? Or are you just grasping inspiration, motivation here and there? Uh, are you uh, 
uh, just allowing people to speak into your life because they have a title or, Mm -hmm. you know, they are, uh, you know, noted as someone that does this. Like, do you have a plan to get where you are trying to go? And I'm not just talking about um, a plan to get somewhere financially. Like, do you have a plan to grow your character, your skill set and your mindset? Uh, to where you desire to be, because where you desire to be is going to place a, a greater demand on who you are. Absolutely. So, see, talk to me about your your plan for personal development. So, my personal development plan is this year was I, I'm not gonna lie. I started off with a plan, but it went it went way left. Okay. Because what I'm noticing now, and what I know now, is as you grow, the things you engage in, invest in, grow. So, I'm at the point where. You know, buying a book, yeah, it's an investment, but it's really not. Like, I now hire coaches. I now pay and get on flights and go to other cities and pay VIP to sit down and talk with people who are making millions of dollars a year, uh, you know, a year. Um, for 2020, my plan is to I have it written down. So four conferences that are not for my clients because I go to a lot of my client stuff, but just to get, you know, different um, perspectives. Also, this year, all of my coaches were were black men. Okay. And next year, I want to hire a black woman as a coach who preferably is a mother because that's a whole different dynamic. Right. Um, I also read a lot, like a whole lot. I think this year I'm at 15 books. I try to read two books a month, okay. one spiritual and then one um, on whatever topic I'm focused on for the year. But spiritual books are always in the in the um, you know realm. Equation. Right. Yeah, always in the equation. This year, my focus outside of... Um, spiritual was just all marketing books. Next year, I want to master communication, so it'll be all communication books as well as spiritual books. Okay. So I try right now. I'm I'm trying this formula where so for every every invoice that gets paid, ten percent of that goes into personal develop the personal development fund. Okay. Are you tithing to yourself? What? No, no. Yeah, I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah no, basically. But, but yeah. So you're taking a portion of that though, because the product is core corely based on who you are. Absolutely. And so if because I know people who who have gotten to a point, and I can hear them knocking on my door as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gotten to a point where they're at like a stalemate, right? Yeah. And because they're recycling the same information, right? Yeah. And they're interacting with the same kind of people. Right. And that's why those conferences are important to gain Mm -hmm. different perspectives. Like now this is this is courageous. Like what what made you want to hire a coach? Like some people, some people may say, oh, listen, I got YouTube. I don't need that. And you know what? I I told somebody this earlier this year and they was like, you need to put that on the shirt. Like I realized that you can't free trial your way to success. Like you. as oh, we got to go back to that statement, though. No, because I remember the statement. Yeah, you, you, said you, you cannot can't, free you trial can't free and trial discount your way. Your yeah, way. both. Bam. You can't free trial yeah, and discount listen. your way to was success. Was I the person? I think I was the person. You prob- yeah, yeah, you probably was. Let's go. Um, <laughs> this is the thing, and this is this comes with exposure. Right. When you really get around people who are making, like, real money, you understand that they pay for the information that they receive, and it may not be directly. It may be that they're a part of a mastermind that they're paying ten grand a year to be a part of, and they meet a guy who shows them how to make an extra $20,000. People who are on that level don't have those type of conversations with people who they feel like aren't going to use it. 
So you literally have to pay your way to network with, with certain people to be a part of certain groups. Like people who are a part of private golf clubs aren't there just to play golf. Right. Like it, it, that's just how the world works. So the, so the beginning of the year, it was absolutely terrible for me business wise. I went into January. I had one client on retainer who I knew was probably going to be around for at least another six months, but the retainer was, it wasn't all that. And then I was getting like, um, one-offs, which is what we call in when you have project based, just one-offs, like, you know, do this here for this $500, this $300. And I I was making it. And then I want to say around June, I was like, something got to change. Right. So I hired my first coach in June. It was actually, it's a coaching group. That investment was like, 40, it's $47 a month. I'm still a part of that group. But that that right there was like the start of it. Those first like three calls. And this coaching group, we meet every morning from 8.15 in the morning to 9 a.m. This particular coach um, he literally started working at the Cheesecake Factory as a waiter, started a T-shirt line before it became the thing of, to do. And now he's like coaching entrepreneurs all over the world and doing amazing. But anyway, went in that group, um, you know, was doing everything he was saying. And then I got on the phone with another coach and the amount that he wanted, I was like, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> because I mean, then at, at this time, it's like so. I joined this new culture group. I'm getting, I'm getting clients now. Like everything is ramping up like quickly within 30 days, and this is just for me applying things that I already knew. But it's different when you have accountability. When you have someone saying, "Hey, did you do what you said you was gonna do?" I'm the type of person if I tell you I'm gonna do it, I'm not gonna come to you tomorrow and say it's not done. Right. It's weird, but that's just how I am. Um, integrity. Absolutely. <laughs> so hired. It took me a long time to hire my second coach, but I hired him in August. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even ashamed to say how much it cost me. The investment was six thousand dollars. Right. I made my six thousand dollars back in thirty days. Right. And he he's been my coach since then. So if I made six thousand and thirty, one of my mentors, who's also a client, has always said information changes situations, and it's certain information you cannot get unless you pay for it. It's, that's just how the world works. Well, I mean, to, <laughs> but to coin it, like, I know we have dropout media, but right. that's why they charge so much money for, like, college degrees. Absolutely. Because it's, it's information. Degrees. That's it's all information. it is. And that piece of paper gives you access to a realm of influence yep. and finance that avoid that. You won't have access to yep. it unless you go a different route. And, and not that's only, what you have, like, these coaches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was just going to say, not only that, one thing I've learned from this coaching experience is that when you pay for something, you treat it a whole lot different than if you would have got it for free. Because I'm not going to lie, with with my coach that I paid $6,000 for, a lot of the stuff I knew I just wasn't doing. But when you pay for something, it's... It's a you you just you operate differently because you want to make sure you get your money's worth or your money back. So th- it is a, a psychological thing as well. I don't regret it at all though because right. I wish I would have hired him earlier in the year because he literally changed my 2019. I posted something yesterday that said the first half of 2019 and the last half of 2019 for me looks like two different years. Oh wow, two completely different years. Okay, I looked at what I made. Since I hired him, and it's it's unbelievable, and and it, it's got me super excited for 2020. And not only that, I feel like now I'm like addicted to invested in myself. It's like, okay, who am I hiring next, or what am I gonna do next? Be, you you get in you get in these circles, 
You get in these, and, and that's where the magic happens. I'm not saying you can't do it without a coach, but if you're trying to accelerate and you like really serious, that's to me, that's one of the, that's the only shortcut is hiring a, a coach that know what they're doing. So let me ask you, is Coach C, is, is she coaching now? <laughs> do you, is there, is there you know a, what? a coaching? A, class? a lot, a lot of people have, have asked me, they said, a, a lot of people have said I should have coached like new, small business owners because for one I am a little bit successful at it but not only that like I'm still trying to get to where I want to be so it's like I'm in the game with you but I'm ahead of you right so I I can still give you the blueprint so to speak um yes and no it just depends it depends I met with a really good friend on Saturday who I'm probably going to end up coaching or consulting at least so yeah but I don't I don't want to say it's a full blown yes cuz I still still trying to take myself out of my own business so that maybe I can do that a little bit more. Okay, excellent. Because, I mean, there's nothing better than a player coach. It, it is. It, there's nothing better than a, for and me my first coach, than a player coach. That's one of the things I actually admire about him because although, you know, he has made a lot of money, he's still not where he wants to be. So as he goes through his go-throughs and as he has his failures, like he brings them back to us like, look, I thought, a, B, C was going to happen. Right. It didn't happen. This is what I learned from it. So let me show y'all how to avoid that. So, yeah, I think a, a player coach is actually good to have. Yeah, so now I want to talk to you more about Dropout Media. Okay. Break it down for me. What is Dropout Media? What services do you provide? Mm-hmm. And, you know, why is Dropout Media's voice just in the game killing it right now? So Dropout Media is a digital marketing agency we have a niche focus on email marketing and copywriting. Okay. Um, so cop not, and a lot of people ask me this. So not copywriting like legally your audio not being stolen. No copywriting as in like your marketing messages. So that's anything from ads, emails, um, any type of written word that's displaying what you or your company is about. Uh, we also do consulting from an entire digital marketing landscape, but the the focus is email marketing and and copywriting, and that was on purpose, just because. So once again, my coach told me this. He said, "You know, you have a doctor, you have a general practice, and then you have like a chiropractor, then you have like the podiatrist. The people who specialize make more money." Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think so. I and I'll ask a rhetorical question, but mm-hmm. based upon your expertise. Like, how important is digital marketing right now in the world we live in? You, if you don't have a digital marketing strategy, you, <laughs> it's almost like you don't want your business to grow. Okay. Um, and the weird thing is, so I don't have any any local clients, which I'm, I mean, I, I don't care about it. But what I've learned is, and what I've noticed is, a lot of um, local entrepreneurs are very behind on the digital marketing spectrum in terms of like being able to have a strategy that's online based, like having an online store, having an email marketing campaign, running ads, even just a simple landing page with a, a, you know, a free offer or what we like to call a lead magnet. So digital marketing right now, like it's almost, well, it is the number one marketing strategy. I mean, yes, you could do radio. Yes, you could do postcards, but, Everybody is online. I just post, I have a, a free Facebook group called Email Marketing for Small Business Owners, and I just posted a stat. Hold on, wait, slow down. Somebody wants to join. 
So what, yeah. is, what is the group called? It's called Email Marketing for Small Business Owners. Okay, Email Marketing for Small Business Owners. Yeah. Um, and the stat was that 99% of consumers check their email every single day. Every single day. Wow. <laughs> every day. So if you're a if you have a product or a service and you're not leveraging the power of sending an email, not just to say, hey, buy what I have, but to educate, to entertain, to add value, you're really missing out on potential customers. The the thing about this this market that we're in right now is that everybody does everything. Everybody sells everything. But what makes you different? And what's what needs to make you different is the relationship you build with your customers. And there's no better way to do that than with email. And the other option is via your content. So customer service and content, mm-hmm. building these relationships. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people believe that if I post to Instagram, right. you know, that this is my digital marketing strategy. Now, mm-hmm. maybe a portion of it or a part of it. Right. But then, like, even crafting the messaging behind that, like, you will be able to help someone like email marketing, their Facebook, their Instagram, all of the different messaging that goes around that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody had a book, uh-huh. you know, and they wanted to leverage that to like an online platform uh-huh. to give, you know, that's a good, that's another way that you can coach. Yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> booking platform. So, I mean, so, so I know Coach C is talking about writing a book. You know, <laughs> and, uh, yes, I put it out there. Yes, I did. All right. So. I do hope that uh, you know, we get the chance to to capture some oh, of the yeah. information in the book. Um, <laughs> maybe one day. Because I know you're an awesome writer. Yeah, I do also provide ghost writing services. Andre just put me all the way out there. Yeah, I'm right out now. there. We out there. Listen, <laughs> he hey, put me all the way out there. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I I don't think it's time yet, though. Okay. Um. Well, I I could easily do a book on email marketing or copywriting. Um. But a book or anything else, I don't think it's the time just yet. I, I have to do, and this is one thing I've realized, I have to do a better job of telling my story. Right. Because people don't know to have. I mean, <laughs> and to me, that's why, I, so listen, you heard it first here. I have fallen in love with the Sierra Say story, right? We're going to even make a Lifetime movie out of it. We can. <laughs> a Lifetime no, movie. Not a Lifetime movie, but... um I want to direct my own movie. Yeah, so <laughs> you heard that here. Now she's going to direct her own movie. But what I what I love about it, it is chalk full of so many principles, right? It is. And I think the reason that we get along so well, though, and I vibe, we vibe so tough when we get a chance, we've had a, a time to sit down and talk, mm-hmm. is that even when something doesn't go well, mm-hmm. like you're courageous enough to go back principally and look at it and say, why didn't this go well? Yeah, definitely. You know? And then saying, okay, what principles do I need to apply to grow from here? Like, or I've seen, uh, and I've read like in some of your, um, your posts on Facebook or different things, like I could read something and say, okay, wow, that hurt a little bit, but I'm going to use, I'm going to repurpose that pain to move forward into my potential of who God have called me to be. Absolutely. And then like listening to what you were talking about, how you're, you're getting the expertise and you have the expertise technically to move and advance forward. Right. Willing, even though you're an expert at email marketing and copywriting, Mm -hmm. like you're willing to lend your ear to the voice of other experts to get their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, 
So I think by nature, I'm just a, a learner. I'm a nerd. Like I like to soak up information, knowledge and wisdom on like many things, not just what I do. Like today I was in Starbucks. Um, so I, I follow a very successful entrepreneur named Malik Teal. And she always says like, read something you have that's less, no interest to you. Cause you, you may be enlightened by it. So I picked up a magazine a couple of weeks ago at Barnes and Noble on, um, what was it about? I think it's like archery or something. Okay. And I literally just sat down and started. So I, I'm a nerd at heart. I love, 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 love to learn. I was meeting with the client last week and we were talking and he's like, it's so weird that you kind of know a little about a lot. Like literally some people can ask me something. And I'm like, if I don't know it, I bet you I know somebody who does know it or I know where you can get it. Right. And I, I like to be a resourceful person. It's not because I want to know everything. But one of one of my core values is to add value to everybody's in my life and to everybody I meet. So if I I just met a, a new friend who's like a lighting concert lighting designer and I just so happened to come across an article about some AI technology that could help him. So it's like if I can add value to you, why not? That's just always how I've been is. It's weird to some, but that's just, I don't know, it's just me. So let's explore that. Where mm-hmm. where has that taken you, that principle of no matter who I meet and encounter, having a goal, or really just an innate mm-hmm. um, gift and ability, a God-given ability to want to add value to everybody you meet, where has that taken you? Um. So I, I think to start, when I started this journey, it started with me wanting to add value to someone who's a client and a mentor now. And it it wasn't to add value to eventually have him become a client. It was just like, I see this gap in what you're doing. Right. I know a little bit about it. So let me help you. Along the way of helping him fill that gap, I became an expert at it. So where it's taken me, it's allowed me to build a complete business off of it. Uh, I think a lot of us are naturally selfish. Okay. I don't, I've never been a selfish person. Like even now it's like, I see myself going here and I'm trying to, so it's like, okay, you said you wanted to do that. Go here. This is this information. You said you want to do that. This is where you need to be. You said you want to, because initially, essentially I want us all to go together. So I've never been selfish. And by me never being selfish and wanting to always add value, it's allowed me to create a network that I, some days I still wake up and I'm like, he's really calling me or like they're really texting right. me or they really need help. That That's where it's gotten. I think I, I've never had an ulterior motive. I've never, never went into any, you know, adding value to anybody with the expectation of them giving me something back. It was always, Hey, I see you need this. I'm either going to go find it for you. Or if I know it, I'm just going to give it to you right here. Okay. That I think that is, that's definitely a God-given gift and ability because— I've never thought of it that way, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if you become the hub, right, mm-hmm. um, when people need things, then you never have to worry about being in need because you're filling so many other people's needs, right? So there's, Very true. there's always a demand on your life because you have access to what people need. Right. Right, so if their personal life— uh, like I've seen you post something about dating, you know, on, on your Facebook page, <laughs> a lot of kind of, a lot stirring yeah. the pot. About, I like, you know, I like yeah. to stir the pot right, on you dating. Do, right. <laughs> but he, here's the thing is that um, provoking people to think. And that's really what I like to do. That's what you really like to do. Yeah. You know, and, right. Because most people are floating through life 
They are based upon some some example that they've seen. Yep, they don't what, know yeah, why they believe they, what right. or what they've never thought critically yeah. about. And so, oh no, I, I follow you, <laughs> and so I don't always comment or respond. Yeah. But I said, "What's he up to?" You know, let me yeah. see. So, or it'll come in my news feed. I said, "See over there, provoke, provoking <laughs> people to think, right?" And, and even when they disagree, like uh, it's amicable the way you and I, like, oh, okay, that's a different perspective. Yeah. You know, like still adding value or validating their point, even mm-hmm. though you don't agree with it, right? And that is a gift because most people don't have the grace to have someone openly. Ooh, that's disagree. funny you said that. Yeah, to openly disagree with them about something. And then not try to attack their perspective, but rather appreciate them lending their voice to the conversation. Right. I think about how much how how much more we could learn as a people if we could intelligently disagree and then have the conversation and move it forward based upon like what is the real material need yeah. we're trying to get toward. Like to me, that is like you're talking but about. But I had to learn that though. Yeah. Like so I, I will say this. I did have to learn that. Um, and I, I posted something yesterday that a lot of people like sent me a DM because I guess they didn't want to, they didn't want to seem like they were trying to argue. But I said, whenever somebody says that's how it normally is, that's more reason for me not to accept it. Oh, I loved it. I, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I liked it or pushed the button. But yeah. I was like, I'm with this a hundred percent. And a lot of people was like, it, it was, it's a, it was a lot of conversation in my DM that, like I said, a lot of people guess they thought it would have been an argument. But to be honest, I had to learn that. And it's so funny you use the word grace because one thing that, that I feel like God literally told me a couple months ago was give people the same amount of grace that you expect. Okay. And I've been doing that in, in every area of my life, whether it's work, dating, whatever. I've just been giving people the same amount of, because the truth is we all do come from different backgrounds. We all were raised differently. And I've, I learned to disagree. Um, what's the word I want to use to disagree amicably (laughs) to be honest it came from from me from all the debates i have with my sister we grew up two totally different ways we the way we think about the world are completely different but it took for me to have disagreements with someone that i didn't like literally want to fall out with to learn how to be like let them say what they what they're going to say Mm -hmm. you don't just because you disagree with it doesn't mean you have to get mad. Cause I'm not going to lie back in the day. Like I didn't know how to, to debate properly. Right. I had debate in high school, but still, you know, you get to a point where you think everything you say is, is correct. It's but yeah. yeah, but learning to, to have adult conversations with someone with a complete, totally different background. It's a complete, totally different outlook on life. Yes, we're sisters, but we didn't grow up together. So that's how I got to the point where it's like, okay, every, Everybody don't see the world like you. Everybody doesn't want to try to make a million dollars like you. Like, let them do what they want to do and be fine. Like, don't get mad at them or don't look, you know, treat them differently or think you're better than them because that's their point of view. And that that's what it took. And that's why now I do, I really do, like, encourage people to, like, think. Like, why do you think that or why... So here's my challenge. Every every person that comes on this show, I give a challenge to. <laughs> okay. Right? So here's my challenge. And I don't know where it'll fall in your 2020 plan or 2021 or if you want to do a Facebook group or however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I would dare. Here's my, my challenge. I dare you. Dare right? me. Okay. Here's the dare. All right. <laughs> all right. Is that sit a group of no greater than 15 down. Mm-hmm. Um 
and have them examine what transferable skills uh, actually came from their childhood mm. that they could be using in their business or as a professional to make them more astute and more effective. So you say you learn how to uh, gracefully or amicably disagree with somebody. Right. In your interaction with your sister. Right. Right. And so if we were right now to probably like dig into like cause get get extremely granular in that, like, OK, how did you do it? Where was the change? You know, how did you transfer? Where did you shift mindsets? When did it go wrong? When did it start going right? How did you see the progress? Literally charting that out, like measuring it. This is how it happened. Right. Like, do you know how powerful that could be in somebody's life? Because there are some people listening I'm, to us right now. And you know, what? I'm yeah. terrible at measurement. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, ter- like that type of stuff. Yeah. I'm very terrible at showing my work. Okay. You, very you, terrible. So you're a person in math, you just wanted to write the answer? Like definitely. You didn't, you didn't want to show the word, I, like, I definitely okay, this is the problem. was that person. Answer. Right. And I'm, I need, I'm trying to get better at that now, even with, like, showing the results that my clients get. It's like, I just know it works. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I can't, it's just, it's just not the way my brain works. I'm more of a creative. But, no, that's good. Yeah, see, I'm, I am... I, I would like to say I I, uh, am, I fall between like on that spectrum. So sometimes I could be very creative, uh-huh. and other times like, very analytical. Oh, like let me see yeah, the data. Oh, listen. And if I'm tired, if I'm exhausted, I don't need to be around people. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm just <laughs> yeah. being real because my my I default to my to the base nature, and it's extremely analytical. I mean, yeah. I trained mother was a marine, so yeah. I'm looking at everything, everything, all my little you know spidey senses are going off, but. Like literally, like if you charted that out and somebody had could execute that as a plan, like, wow, okay. I don't know how to even at work, I don't know how to be in a meeting mm-hmm. and have an open disagreement with someone about something they say because I'm too emotionally invested. Yeah. We take everything to, personal. And, right. And so then it's gonna come out, you know, as aggression, right? Yeah. As opposed to just passionately articulating my point. Right. And then because people get involved with the emotion, they lose the logic. Yeah. So they start, all the time. Right, so they start arguing a point, And then when when the tempers settle, I'm like, OK, now, what is your real issue? I don't know. I'm mad now. You know? Yeah. They yeah. can't even tell you why they are mad. Right. So, like, think about how powerful that would be for you to sit down with about a group of 15 and them just charting that out, like picking like one one core, like what was a, a sore area mm-hmm. and like charting it back to so their, when their childhood. childhood. Because I believe this. What do you think about this? I believe as adults, we spend most of our lives either affirming what we were taught in our childhood or going the opposite total direction, different direction from what we experience. I I totally agree, especially um, especially if your parents or whoever raised you are like a are a big influence in your life. Uh, I told my therapist this last month. It was it's so weird because, like I said at the beginning, so my mom died when I was 24. I have my dad that raised me, who's my stepdad. My real father's not really in my life. But the weird thing about my mom passing and, like, me and my dad kind of were estranged for a minute is that at the most important time that I feel like in a, is an adult life, like that 24, 25, like that mid-20s, yeah. I didn't really have a – core influence and then when me and my dad did you know start rebuilding our relationship I was to the point where I had already started developing like really developing who I was so with that being said 
a lot of people are afraid to leave that job because what are, what is mom or my dad going to say? They're going to say I'm crazy. Right. Or what's grandma going to say? So because I didn't have that, those strong influences, I was able to like really create my reality without the pressure of everybody else's expectations. That's good. So I tell people all the time, and I sometimes I hate to say it because it's weird, but I know my mom had to leave for me to become the type of the person that I am today. I know, I know she had to. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do think a lot of people are living their life based on, you know, what they were taught, or they're trying to rebel so much from what they were taught that they can't even get in the straight line to figure out what it is that they really want and what it is they really want to be or become. Right. So, yeah. so so here's what I believe. What do you think about this? Uh, I was listening. As you know, it's big. So I was kind of I was projecting and reflecting today right? because mm-hmm. it's my birthday. That's kind of right. what you do. you know. <laughs> uh, unless, or some of you all just might be turning up. But I, <laughs> I, I was thinking, I said, hmm, I was listening to Bishop Jakes today. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, God is not concerned. Or I'm, and I'm and I'm surmising what he's saying because this is how this is what it ministered to me when I heard it. He said, "God is not concerned with your purpose for Him. Mm. He's more concerned about the purpose that He has for you." Right. And while you're so busy concerned, like going on this path of trying to discover your purpose, yeah, you need to get with what His purpose is. Right. And then everything else will begin to come to pass in your life. Because it literally, all of heaven and earth is conspiring to bring to pass his purpose. Right. And so I thought I said, that's that's really good. You know? It is. And, like, it frees you. And here's the thought that I had after that, is that I believe, and I want you to comment, and I wonder what you think about this, mm-hmm. that God's purpose for our life is encased and hidden in the gifts that he supplied. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... One of the one of the reasons why I'm able to do what I I do now is because I took the time to rediscover what my God given talent was. I listened to a sermon. It was called Scrubbing Bubbles by Eric Thomas, who's okay. a mentor and client of mine. Um, a lot of people don't know he also has a church. He's a pastor, right? So he has he has a sermon called Scrubbing Bubbles, where he literally talks about in God's word, where it says, "Your gift shall make room for you and bring you before great men." Absolutely, yeah. He the first conference I went to, he did a conference. It was called Average Skill Phenomenal Will. I want to say 2016 or 17, but I paid to be VIP. And at this session, they helped they like they walked you through figuring out what your gift was. Like what comes easy to you that's hard for others? What's something that you would do even if you didn't make money from it? And for right. me, it's it was writing. I've literally been writing since I was in the second well, my whole life, I won my first writing contest in second grade. I created my high school's journalism, like, sports section in my journalism class. Like, it's always been writing. I figured out ways while I was in college. I wrote for XXL, Ozone Magazine. Like, I've always been a writer. And once I started operating that gift again, my entire life changed. It, it changes, right? So I was waiting to find that moment because you, yeah. when you talked about in while working uh, for Chrysler, yeah, that you rediscover the dream, mm-hmm. and that's a powerful moment because I think a lot of people right now are uh, re, you know, on the process of rediscovering that dream, 
Or, you know, you can be going throughout your day and that dream will just show up, right? Absolutely. And so you have a choice to engage or to silence it, right? Yeah. And so what would your encouragement be at this point for a person who's listening in, uh, has big responsibilities, mm-hmm. they're kind of the go-to of the family, uh, but they have this dream and they have these goals and they could visualize themselves there, but the action has not taken place yet. What would be your encouragement to them? Uh, first thing would be to like write it down in as much detail as possible. I'm talking about, so I, so I have this thing called my morning success ritual where I get up every day and I read like how I want my life to look within the next three or five years. I got pictures of how I want my house to look. I have pictures of Serena Williams because that's like my, my body goes like okay. I had like literally everything that how I want my life to look in the next three or five years is written down. I used to think it was cliche when people used to say, oh, just write it down. No, you're like something happens in our brains when we write things down. So first write it down. Then you have to reverse engineer it and figure out what what are your natural skills and talents that you have that will help you get there. And then what are you going to need help doing? Like where where, where are the gaps and how can you fill them? Um, how did I... And also, like we we do have more than one gift, but start off with one. <laughs> start off with one. But that's that's the first thing. Write it down as clear as day. Figure out where you're going to need help, and then like do one one small thing a day. Like mm-hmm. take daily steps. You have to start moving towards it because if you look at the whole list at one time, you you're gonna get just like you're gonna think it's impossible. Like one small thing. So if you Let's just say somebody who uh trying to think of something easy. If you if you want to start a t-shirt brand, let's just say that. First thing, okay, file your LLC one day. Like f- f- figure out your name one day. Figure out your name tomorrow. Next day, look up how you started LLC. Day after that, look up how you, you know, file your EIN for your tax purposes. Right. Day after that, go open your business bank account. Like do one small thing a day. If you feel courageous to try to jump all in, I wouldn't suggest you do that if this is your first time ever starting something. Because another thing, like Dropout Media isn't my first venture. Okay. It's not. Like, I've been trying things for a very long time. But one of the things that I used to do wrong was I start something, I get discouraged, and I stop. But okay. that's because I didn't understand the process back then. I understand the process now. So one small thing a day is is what I would definitely suggest. Whether it's research, whether it's actually coming up with a design, just one small thing a day just to keep you moving forward. So when you say you understand the process, what do you what do you mean by that? The process. Yeah, let's talk about is it. what's gonna test you. Some I think especially with social media now, like we we see we see the glitz, we see the glamour, we see the people taking trips, we see the people making money, so to speak, and you don't understand that there is an actual process. Everything is not going to go the way you want it to go. Even when you get a coach, even if you follow the exact blueprint of somebody, right. everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. I, I was watching an interview where Jay-Z said, like, people always ask him about, you know, being an artist, and he's like, the information is the information, but it's it's going to apply differently to everybody. So there is a process. There's going to be rough times. There's it's going to be ebbs and flows. But don't, the only way you're going to get to the end is if you don't give up. Right. So I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking that um, there are, you know, I'm big on alliterations, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about you have 
like your purpose. Right. You have your process. And then I think you have the prosperity that comes from that. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so like and I'm just and I'm just a firm believer. If you're doing what God has called you to do, like the end goal of it is prosperity. Absolutely. Right. It, it's, it, it is. And if you find yourself, uh, there's nothing there. His word is so. Every time, and I and I can say this unequivocally, every time that I've obeyed God and done what he has led me to do, mm-hmm. it has always ended in abundance. Same here. It has always <laughs> ended in abundance. The only time that I found myself uh, running into walls of lack or something not coming together is there was some shortness within me mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to character or like development. And then he allows that so that I can grow. Right. Life, right. And when you have that like growth mindset or continuous improvement or, you know, your process oriented and principled oriented into like the end goal is winning. Yeah. Uh, the the end for it for us as believers in Romans, it says, hey, all things going to work together for the good. So the end of it is good. Right. Right. But that process part, like people get it's stuck hard. in the middle. They start back over. You lose. I mean, you and this is the thing. It's like you you lose a lot in the process. If if I could be honest, my process started when my mom passed away. Okay, it was like my mom passed away. Um, then I I had another son, and then when I when things really like started to turn, I was going through a divorce. So it's like most people don't look at all of that as oh, this means I'm supposed to be like a lot of people will look at that as like oh, it's time for me to quit. Right. In the if if you are a believer, you also understand that it's during those times where you need to rejoice because that's when you're getting close. It's like when you run into the obstacles, that's when you're like, okay, I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, or you know. And I had a I had a lot of like 2018 as a as a first time full time entrepreneur. I became a full time entrepreneur business owner March 2018. Like it was it was tough at the beginning because like I didn't. If I knew what I knew now, I would have hired a coach like right away. But I'm trying to discount and free my way to success. And that that really wasn't working. So I was really winging it. But I didn't know how to forecast. I didn't know how to make sure my pipeline stayed full. I didn't have processes and, you know, things of that nature and uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, it, it was rough, though. It was rough. The beginning of this year was rough, but I'm I'm good now. Like 2020, you just said what you say, pr- purpose, process, prosperity. prosperity. 2020 going to be crazy. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to so, be crazy. So listen, this is the drawing board, the birthday edition. <laughs> and I have Sierra Say, the owner and the founder of Dropout Media. Where can they find you, SC? Us. Everything is Sierra Say. C I E R A S E A Y. That's Instagram, LinkedIn, and if you want to be my Facebook friend. <laughs> All right. So listen, I finish with this as I finish every single podcast. Your future is not behind you, it is not before you, it is within you. And I'm Andre Ebron, the host, the founder of the Drawing Board Podcast. One more thing. If you want to support or give me some love on my birthday, the cash app is dollar sign Andre Ebron. All proceeds will go to the drawing board experience 2020, June 6th. I want to see you there again. Dollar sign Andre Ebron. All right. Peace.